0: W-262-CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: What Jesus is saying is that God gives merciful blessings to his children as we show mercy to others. In other words, and watch this, in proportion to the mercy we show others, God will show mercy to us. In proportion. He's already been merciful to us in salvation. That's not the issue. But for his children, he measures out mercy to you in proportion to how merciful you are to others. Do you get that?
0: You are listening to Verse by Verse, a radio program that seeks to reveal the powerful and practical truths of God's Word by making certain that the message of the Word is clearly explained. Steve Kreloff is our teacher today, and while serving as the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, Steve has had the privilege of strengthening believers from all walks of life through his teaching ministry. We're glad that you have tuned in today. We are currently in a series of studies about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Today we will be finishing Pastor Steve's message on Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's join the study now.
1: Now, we're not going to deal with the whole passage, but one of the primary truths that our Lord is teaching here is he is revealing the practical ways that that people during the tribulation extended mercy to those who were hurting. And so it's a valid application for us. In these verses, Jesus speaks of some very tangible acts of mercy. He speaks of feeding the hungry, of clothing the naked, visiting the sick and in prison. In other words, anytime you can meet someone's physical needs motivated by, by love for Christ and his love for you and Christ's glory, you're being merciful. Anytime. That means, folks, let me apply it to you. That means that it is a merciful thing to financially help those who are poor and in need. That's, that's one way we can show mercy. If you help, you're showing mercy. It means that it's merciful to share our material possessions with those who are in need. If you have possessions that you can share, you're doing a merciful act. People who are suffering because they don't have these possessions. And mercy, I might add, is not merely a New Testament doctrine that just, that just showed up when the apostles wrote. Back in the Old Testament, God told his people to be merciful. In fact, just on the verge of entering the, the land of Canaan in Deuteronomy 15, listen to this. This is, this is foundational to the Bible. Verse 7 of Deuteronomy 15, if there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers, in any of your towns in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not uh, harden your heart nor close your, your hand from your poor brother, but you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need and whatever he lacks. That's mercy. God's heart is a heart of compassion. God's heart is a heart of compassion. But notice, if you look back at Matthew 25, Jesus not only spelled out how we can show people mercy in their physical needs, he went beyond that. And he spoke about emotional and social needs that we can, we can meet. He spoke about visiting those who are ill. He spoke about visiting the sick, the imprisoned. How do we apply this? Well, you could visit those who are ill, the hospital, their home, dropping by or phoning lonely people. Perhaps a visit to a nursing home to see someone who's old and and probably somewhat forgotten. Maybe it means comforting someone who's grieving, and I don't mean counseling them. Too often we, we feel compelled to, to tell people, give them little sermons while they're going through grief. Don't do that. They need comforters, not counselors. They want a counselor, they'll go to a counselor. And counsel is another form of showing mercy, but that's not the point in comfort. Comforting someone who is grieving or just encouraging someone who's down and and hurting. See, mercy takes on many shapes and, and many forms. You know, one of the greatest ways we can show mercy to people is by opening your home, being hospitable to someone who is lonely, having someone over for a meal, some some fellowship, maybe just a phone call to ask somebody how they are. I, I, I know often women do that. I think that's somewhat foreign to men, but the Bible teaches that. That would be a valid application. But being merciful is, is not only ministering to someone in their physical needs, not only ministering to them in their emotional and social needs, there's a spiritual dimension to showing mercy. And it's this, every time you forgive somebody who sins against you, you're showing mercy, just like God has forgiven you. In fact, that is precisely what the apostle Paul told the Ephesians and the Colossians. Let me read this to you. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 if you if you're not there, you just just mark mark this down on your on your um, notes. Ephesians four verse thirty two. Be kind to one another, Paul said. Tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. What he's saying is, since God has forgiven you completely, the big word is magnanimously, then you're to forgive others like that. Well, somebody, they they really did a horrible thing to me. Yeah, but you've done far more horrible things to God. Yeah, but they have a nasty attitude. Well, you you have a nasty attitude and you've had many nasty, I mean, all of us. How dare we withhold forgiveness from somebody feeling that um, we're so righteous? How dare they do? Listen, usually it's our pride that gets in the way. In fact, it's always our pride that gets in the way of not forgiving others. But we are to forgive. That's mercy because we've been shown mercy. Colossians. Paul even even expands on this in Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Colossians 3, verse 12. He says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, we extend mercy by forgiving those who have offended us because God has extended his, his great mercy by forgiving us of our many offenses. See, those who are merciful, they don't hold grudges. They don't harbor resentments. They forgive. That's mercy. They forgive as they've been forgiven completely. But the spiritual dimension of mercy goes also beyond forgiving others. It also involves being concerned enough for people's souls, eternal souls, to tell them the gospel of Christ, to share the truth of salvation and forgiveness. In other words, we're to love people enough to mercifully tell them how to to avoid eternal judgment. You know what? The whole Bible implies that, but specifically Jude addresses it. Just before the book of Revelation, there's a little book called Jude, And in Jude, verses 21 through 23, notice how often Jude mentions mercy. Verse 21, keep yourselves, he says, in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. So we are to await God's merciful return to deliver us out of this world. And he says, have mercy on some who are doubting, save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. What Jude, what Jude is saying is as you await God's another extension of God's mercy in your life, don't forget to share the gospel with some who are even so deep into sin that their garments are soiled. There are some people who we would just be reviled to be around because they are, they have committed such wickedness. But Jude says, don't, don't back off, don't back off, but show them mercy. Mercy. Have mercy. Don't get so close to the fires yourself, but show them mercy by telling them the gospel. Do you do that? Do you care enough to evangelize? That's mercy. So the Bible is very clear that mercy marks the life of every believer. However, if we are honest, we have to admit that we aren't always as merciful as we we should be, right? That's true. There are times when we're callous to the needs of others. There are times when we're too busy to stop and care, too insensitive, too thoughtless, too self-absorbed in our own, our own little world, our own needs to care about somebody else's needs. You know what? There's a parable written about that called the parable of the Good Samaritan that addresses this very need that we have to show mercy. And I think it also reveals why we're not as merciful as we should be and how to correct that sin. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. This is the famous parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, why did Jesus give this? Let me give you a background. Because a man came to him one day, testing him, and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And in, as the conversation evolved, Jesus made it clear that you needed to love God. You needed to have a relationship with him. You needed to love people as uh, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. But this man, wanting to justify himself so that he didn't have to do all this, said, and who is my neighbor? is my neighbor and so Jesus gave this parable to teach us that our neighbor is anybody who has a need anybody we know with the need is our neighbor verse 30 Jesus replied and said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers they stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him half dead and by chance a priest was going down on that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place, saw him pass by the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him. He bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to his inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii. And that would be two days wages gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Jesus asked. And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. And folks that go and do the same is for us. We're to go and do the same. So let's let's understand this a little bit. The Samaritan in this story is a model for us. He, he models for us how we're to show mercy to others. So how did he show mercy? Well, he ministered to his physical needs, his body. He also gave financially for his continued recovery. He did everything he could to help this this beaten man, this half dead guy. However, though the Samaritan illustrates how we're to behave, too often we act like the priest and the Levite who just went to the other side. Why, why is that? Why did they do that? Because some of the same excuses that they may have given, at least in their minds, are some of the, the excuses we're still giving today. Now, I realize the text doesn't explicitly state the reasons why they walked to the other side, but I, I don't think it's difficult to surmise what might've been going on in their mind. Perhaps they, they justified their behavior by thinking or saying, I'm too busy to help. I've got important things to do. I can't stop now. I've got a schedule today. And this doesn't fit my schedule. I've got work to go to. I've got classes to go to. I've got to take care of other things. Just doesn't fit my plans that day. Or they might've thought, you know what? Let someone else help. Let someone else help. I'm not even that qualified. What do I know about a dying person? So the priest might've thought, well, the Levite is right behind me. He'll stop and help. And then the Levite might've thought, if the priest didn't help and he's a priest, I'm just a Levite. So why should I help? Or perhaps they thought, look, I've been busy serving the Lord. I'm off duty. I've done my share. I've served. In fact, it's very likely that these men, it said they came down from Jerusalem to Jericho, they probably were serving the Lord in the temple and on their way home. And they probably just, just felt like they were off duty. They had done their part. They would served the church. They don't need to do anything more. Or maybe, you know, it just boiled down to not being Inconvenience. They didn't want to be inconvenienced. They weren't willing to, uh, to give of their time, their energy, their money to help with this poor dying man. Well, regardless of the specifics, the, the issue always boils down to this. If you're not merciful, it's because you're self-centered. If I'm not merciful, it's because I'm self-censored. Therefore, the way to address this lack of mercy in our lives is to reflect and meditate and give serious thought to how merciful and kind God has been to you, to reflect on your salvation. Maybe good to think back upon your conversion experience, how miserable you were and Christ saved you. Maybe it's good, not maybe, it is good to think of times you were financially down and how the Lord provided, times you were sick, And he provided times you you faced a crisis and he comforted you. Times where he ministered to you. If you remember how magnificent his mercy has been to you, you're not gonna be too busy to help somebody else. It always goes back to that. But if you're wrapped up in your own life and you forget the Lord and you're just plowing ahead, even even busy serving the Lord, but forgetting him and his great kindness in your life, you are gonna be too busy to be merciful to others. You'll be like the Pharisees, harsh, judgmental not caring about others. And so far, we've addressed two questions to help us in our understanding of this beatitude, but there's a third question we need to ask. And it's this, what happens to those who are merciful to others? If you are merciful, and Jesus said you will be, if not perfectly, there has to be a measure of mercy in you or else you're not convert, you've never been converted. What happens to you if you're merciful? The last phrase of the beatitude tells us the results of being merciful. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they... And it means they alone shall receive mercy. Jesus said, those who show mercy to others will receive mercy. Now, the question is from whom? Whom do you get the mercy from? Well, we already dismissed at the earlier part of the sermon. We dismissed that it can't be people. Can't be people based on on scripture and experience. We know that if you treat others kindly, they're not going to treat you kindly. That's not what this is about. The answer is that God does it. If you're merciful to other people, God will be merciful to you. Now, he may use people to minister to you, but he's the source of that great mercy, not the people. It certainly doesn't mean that we can merit salvation by acting mercifully. If we just act mercifully to others, then God will look at that and say, what a great person you are, I give you salvation. That, that's heresy. That's blasphemy. That's salvation by works. No, what Jesus is saying is that God gives merciful blessings to his children, as we show mercy to others in other words and watch this in proportion to the mercy we show others god will show mercy to us in proportion he's already been merciful to us in salvation that's not the issue but for his children he measures out mercy to you in proportion to how merciful you are to others Do you get that he measures out mercy to you merciful blessings in proportion to how merciful you are to others. Very simply put, this means that if you're financially and materially generous with others, then he'll be generous with you. That's what it means. And this is not the get rich uh, doctrine that you hear so much from the charismatics. This is just a basic principle. We don't do these things to uh, accumulate wealth. We, We are driven to be merciful by the glory of God. But in the process of giving to others, God will give back to you. So why? So that you can give more to others, not accumulate an empire for yourself. Jesus said in Luke six thirty eight, give and it'll be given to you. They'll pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by, watch this, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. This means if, if you're stingy in showing mercy to other people, then God will not be generous with you. If you withhold financial and material mercies from others, God will withhold money and goods from you, which may very well be the reason, at least one reason why some believers have constant financial struggles. It may very well be that the Lord is chastening you for your lack of merciful generosity. So I I don't have a whole lot. You know what? Go back and study 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Those people were dirt poor and yet they gave. They gave to the poor even though they should have been the ones receiving from the poor. So it's, it's not a matter of how much you can give. It's a matter of your heart and what you do with what you have. It also means that if you mercifully forgive others, then God will forgive you. Now, as a believer, the moment we come to Christ, he judicially forgives us all of our sins, past, present, and future. But there is another type of forgiveness, a, a daily cleansing, of uh, forgiveness, uh, the forgiveness of joy, the forgiveness of fellowship, the forgiveness of walking with him, that takes place in a believer's life every day. That's why we're to confess our sins. He is faithful and just to, to forgive us. If you forgive others, God will continue to cleanse you and there will be joyful fellowship with you and with him. But if you refuse to grant forgiveness, God will, with, will withhold that fellowship from you. You will not be forgiven by him you will be in sin and you will be out of fellowship. Why do I say that? Because Matthew chapter six is so clear about this. Matthew six, and we'll we'll study this more in depth when we get to it. This is This is very, very important. Matthew chapter six, verse 14 and then verse 15. Jesus said, for if you forgive others for their transgressions. Remember, he's talking about believers. If you forgive them, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Why? Because you're in sin and he will not have joyful fellowship, even with his children in sin. So you must forgive. If you forgive others, give much forgiveness, you'll be much forgiven. And if you withhold it, you will not be, you'll be out of fellowship with him. So, What's the meaning of this fifth beatitude? Let's put it together. Citizens of Christ's kingdom show practical acts of mercy because they've been inwardly transformed by God to be merciful. That's what this means. And God then blesses those who are merciful by continuing to be merciful to them. You want the smile of God on your life? You want his mercy in your life? Then be generous. Don't be overly frugal. Don't be so cheap with God that you forget everybody else. Or don't just be thinking only about God. Think about his people as well. God doesn't need your money. His people do. And we need to be generous with others and thoughtful and considerate. So that's the meaning of this beatitude. If you're a believer and you struggle with mercy, as as we all do, then we need to revisit how kind the Lord has been to you. How kind has he been to you? Think back upon his salvation in your life. Think back upon suffering you've endured. Is God, did God ever abandon you? Of course not. If he's been merciful to you, then be merciful to others. But if you aren't interested at all in being merciful, that you're not, you don't care about anybody else but yourself. It's because you have not experienced God's mercy in your life. And you need to. You need to. Romans chapter two, verse four. And I close with this. Very important. Don't close your minds yet. Romans 2 verse 4, Paul says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? you know what Paul means? He means he's talking in the context about judgment. And he's saying that, that God has been merciful to all of us in not judging us for so long. The moment we were born as sinners coming into this world, we deserved death and we deserved hell eternal punishment. Yes, even as, even as infants, we were sinful. But God has allowed us and given us time. He has not pounced on us with judgment. He gives us opportunities. He gives us time to trust Christ. And what Paul is saying is this, when you understand that God has withheld his judgment from you, though you deserve it, he's withheld his judgment from you. He's been patient. He's been kind. It ought to lead you to repentance because you never know when that's going to stop. Let's bow for prayer. You have never trusted Christ. Understand judgment awaits you unless you turn to him. He died for sinners. And if you know you're a sinner, then you need to come to him asking him to forgive you because of Christ's death on the cross. And, and when we close this, this service, we will have someone up at the frontier to help you. If you'd like to ask questions or have them explain more fully to you, the way of salvation. But if you're a, a true believer in Christ, you need to be thinking now, how can I show mercy to some, to some people? What, what do I need to do? What specifically will you do as a result of hearing God's word this morning? Who will you call? Who will you visit? Who will you help? Maybe it's, just, maybe it's a counsel. Maybe it's a comfort. Maybe there's somebody who you know needs financial help. Maybe it's somebody you need to just open your home to and invite over many lonely people. In fact, isn't that what James said? To visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction is true religion. That's mercy. That's our God. That's what he's done for you. And we're to do that for others. Father, thank you for this very brief. In fact, the briefest of all the Beatitudes and yet the wealth of, uh, and riches that are found here are amazing. Lord, help us to be a merciful people. Help us to be a people not like the Levite and the priests who were so caught up in their own world. And it's so easy to do that we forget people. Uh, We forget to uh, have a concern. Lord, keep us from being like those Pharisees who were harsh and critical and judgmental of others and felt like they could tell everybody else how to live, but they had no compassion. Lord, may we be like you, compassionate to those who were hurting physically those who are in, in need of salvation and, and those in the body of Christ who need encouragement and, and help. Lord, help us as we minister in every capacity to be a people who reflect on how kind you've been. And I thank you for your kindness in saving us, your kindness in ministering in so many ways to us. Lord, in our misery, you meet us in precious ways. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've never forsaken us never abandon us we may have felt like we were but we haven't and we're grateful for the truth we pray all of this lord in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you for joining with us today here on verse by verse if you would like to know more about this ministry or you would like to partner with us financially as we proclaim god's truth then please give us a call the number is 727-239-0306 We also have a website where you can learn more about us and even listen to previous broadcasts that you may have missed. The web address is versebyverseradio.org.